Hello and welcome back to Netflix and Kill, your source for everything horror and Netflix and um Killin. yeah, killing. So don't do don't do it, kids. Yeah, <laughs> don't please do it. please don't. Um so today we have a special guest with us. Um returning to the table are myself, I'm Kyla, and Hannah and Marty. And then our guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's McKenna. I am a. Do I just go around? Oh my yeah, gosh. just say it. Just say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you can say Yeah, my name is McKenna. I am a horror movie fan, and I, I love everything horror. It kind of is like it's what makes me happy. It's huh. like my my bedtime stories and my <laughs> the light of my life. Is yeah, and you've made there. some like short horror movie stuff, right? Yeah, I made short horror. You're movie working stuff. on that, right? I'm. Yeah, I'm currently writing a full-length horror film. I'm almost done with it, so that's in the works, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're all really excited about that. So yes, welcome to the podcast. So excited to be here. And today we are here to talk about The Strangers, which um, I can't speak for everyone, but I have been wanting to see this movie for a really long time, so I was very happy to finally get to watch it. It was McKenna's suggestion. And it was a good a very, one. yeah, a very yeah, good suggestion. A really good one. So yeah. yeah, we can just jump right into what we thought about this movie. Um, what the poster to buy? Oh yes, it I guess we should do that some first. Strangers. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the the movie itself is a pretty straightforward premise, really. It's just uh, this couple um, who are watching the man's dad's house. Is that right? Their house sitting for his dad. I think this is yeah. Best, best friend or brother or something. All we know is that they pretty much just grew up in the house because we see their like names and heights like written like on the wall. The wall. Yeah, yeah, so I, I think it might have been like his dad's house or something, but mm-hmm. but I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, so the this couple is house sitting, and basically in the middle of the night, a bunch of strangers in masks show up and you know knock on the door and start to terrorize them and try to kill them. It's like the the classic home invasion sort I of looked, story. It is um James's childhood remote summer home. Oh, excellent. Oh. So it's like a vacation home. Yeah. Okay. Vacation home. I think the wedding is nearby. They're yeah, like, they're yeah. they've been attending a wedding and they get home late and then have the worst night of their lives. A mysterious woman knocks at the door and asks what she asks. Where's Tamara or something like she was asking for someone's name. Yeah. Um yeah, she kinda scouts it out. So at first, yeah, there's this random lady shows up and knocks on the door and asks for someone and they're like, Yeah, no, you have the wrong house and then later, you know, people in masks start showing up. So basically they were like scouting out the house mm-hmm. to see if anyone was home for them to murder. Um so that's the plot of it, and then most of it's just, you know, this couple being terrorized. Um so what did we all think of the movie overall? I, well, I've always loved the movie. Like, from, I saw it back in, I think it was high school with my friend Danny, and, like, I remember us just sitting there and being so scared. It, like, no one was home, and I had all glass windows in the middle <gasps> of the forest. <laughs> oh, so, like, we were terrified, and we love watching movies, and it was one of those that actually scared me, because I think watching it in a darker setting and being young and thinking someone might just show up at any time, it makes it you know, it adds something that other horror movies didn't give me back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it does hit a little closer to home because one, 
the Law and Order guy in the beginning does say this was based on a true story, and like we looked it up, and like it's based on some break-ins that happened in the director's neighborhood when he was a kid, and also just the Manson murders and things like that, where mm-hmm. like it is a real possibility. And we were talking during the movie about how like our parents would warn us when we were kids, don't open the door for anybody. You always come and get mom and me first, and like because this this stuff happens, and like. I think they do portray some of the fears you have when you're alone in a house very well, like a thumping noise, and you're like, oh shit, is that someone trying to get in? Or, like, the the there's a shot, that's my favorite shot in the movie, where she's, like, in the kitchen, and you just, I don't even, like, I don't even remember when he came in the room, but I just noticed him in the background staring at Wait. her, and he's not in focus, okay. she's in focus, and I was just, I, that freaked yeah. the shit out okay. of me. Okay, okay, we were watching it, though, and, like, we didn't even notice he was there until McKay goes, I love shots like this, where, like, you can see the guy in the background, and, like, he's not in focus, and then and then we both look, oh, and God. we go, oh, yeah. God! Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the yeah. first time watching a movie for Netflix and Kill where I audibly went, ugh! Yeah. yeah. It's such a good shot, like, I love when people are just in the background, like, that shot mm-hmm. has stuck with me, because it's just so good like yeah it's and it very, very much it, it captures that feeling of like seeing something in the corner of your eye that you're not quite sure is there because mm-hmm. as soon as she turns he's gone right yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah Ooky, spooky. yeah that was like a chills up your spine moment yeah it was great <laughs> um yeah i i agree I, I really enjoyed this movie and i think like especially from a technical aspect i mean you can tell by watching it that it's very low budget but from a technical aspect like i think we talked about how impressive the lighting was mm-hmm. and the way the ways that they reveal things through lighting. So, like, when the girl shows up um, at their house the first time, she's not wearing a mask. And, you know, when she kind of goes to scout out and see if anyone's home. But, like, the way it's lit when she's at their doorway, there's just a shadow obscuring, like, most of her face. And you can see there's this tiny little ray of light on her cheek and you can see the corner of her eye. And, like, something about that, I don't know, it was, like, really ominous... And, um, I don't know, it just really fascinated me. Um, and the sound editing, too. God, yeah, the Sorry, sound. Go. No, it's okay. And I'm gonna bring it back to our good old pal German expressionism. Oh, and yeah. That, the use of shadows to create horror. But one thing I, I noticed with this, in the examples I remembered, now, I could be wrong on this, but, like, the shadows were mostly used to kind of frame the image rather than mm. obscure it so much. Like, there was never really a moment in, uh, like, the old German expressionist movies like Dr. Caligari, or, you know what I mean, that movie. Mm-hmm. And um, it was Feratu where I'm like, what? What's there? What's what's gonna happen? Where the shadows like are preventing you from seeing all the information. It's mostly like the shadows are framing the information rather mm-hmm. than obscuring it. And just this movie does such a good job with that. Like the woman in the frame, or when she's in the tool shed, and like you pretty much can't see anything. And then the shadows kind of frame the hero as she can't see any anything coming at her and that's just so fucking spooky spooky and the ending where it's like they're trapped in this house for all of the night and then when they actually you know the ending of the movie is Mm -hmm. takes place in the bright daylight with the windows and doors open yeah and it's like it's just that's the scariest part because it could happen at any time and like Mm -hmm. the worst Mm -hmm. part of it was when they weren't trapped in a Mm -hmm. sense yeah Yeah. and that line is so chilling too when they're like why are you doing this to us and it's just simple because you are home. Mm, yeah. Fuck. 
they so, ask that so many times. Like, why are you? Why are you doing this? Why are they here? Like, that's most. They all don't they answer until they're yeah. tied up and can't do anything about just, it. Well, there's no rhyme and they there's do. no rhyme or reason to it. And I think like that, you know, that's kind of the true horror here. Is like there are these crimes that happen and there's no reason for it. It's just a random is, act of violence. Is this the first horror movie you guys and we have watched? Well, <laughs> for Netflix and Kill, that it's just human horror, and then I literally remembered as I was saying it, would you rather technically is just human horror, but it's so stupid that I don't really buy the villains as people. Yeah. 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 Well, it was the same. I mean, me and Marty talked about, um, what was that movie with the graduation guy? Most Um, likely to die. die. Yeah, it's like, I guess technically that's human horror, but it was, like, so convoluted that, like, it doesn't feel like it. And, like, all of the characters were just stereotypes, so, like, it doesn't... It was more like cartoon horror than anything. Well, that's the thing I like about this movie is those horror movies kind of try to give a rhyme or reason for why the villains do it and it comes off as like stupid but like this one the the director and writer just flat out i don't know why people do this Mm -hmm. but they do yeah yeah well yeah exactly and um i think in a way too it kind of allows you to have more sympathy for the main characters yeah. Especially Liv Tyler. Oh, God. Uh, Can who we was just amazing. talk about how good she was in this? Yeah. She was really good. Oh, her, her terror is my terror. Yeah. yeah. No, she was amazing. And, and so I think, like, that's an important aspect of it, too, you know, is just, like, you know, being able to, like, feel bad for the characters when bad things happen to them. And, like, it, there's a sense of hopelessness. So um, I guess I should say now, and, like, by this point, it's pretty clear this is a spoiler-heavy show. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, go watch it, um, because we will be spoiling it, and, um, yeah, go watch it, and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. But, I mean, they pretty much give away the ending at the start, because there's that narration at the start of the film. It reminded me so much of Law & Order, I almost expected to hear that, chum chum, she said that, yeah, I did, these are their stories. (laughs) Doesn't Texas Chainsaw start with the... Kind of like that, yeah, I think... It's, it sounds almost like the same man, but yeah, I don't know if it is. Do they just have him on tap? Maybe. I mean, if I could get a... movie narrator. Yeah. Like, Paul, he's like, oh, okay. If I could get a hold of him, I would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, I really dug that opening narration, because it gave me, like, kind of a Texas Chainsaw vibe, mm-hmm. or, like, an old school kind of slasher And it kind of ended vibe. the same way that Texas Chainsaw did. It kind of does. Only instead of going into the killer's house, the killers go into the victim's house. Ooh. And ex- yeah. except of the thing that I think Texas has is the the final girl get gets away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whereas what's interesting about this one is she doesn't, but she still lives. Yeah. yeah and she's she fucking spared. crazy. And we kind of talked about this where this movie actually feels a little it rings a little bit true to me because, like, human beings will either stub their toe and die unexpectedly, or will be pushed down a flight of stairs, set on fire, stabbed a bunch of times, and they'll be fine. Rasputin, yeah. I know you're out there, and I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. No, he's no. gonna fuck you. No, I'm gonna kill him. Oh. <laughs> if you can. Watch, that to be oh. the test. Rasputin. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, just Liv Tyler's character, I do believe that she would survive all that, and this might be yeah. the first time where I've seen the final girl, like, pretty much succumb to everything the villains have done to her, 
and she just survives just because that's how yeah. the dice were rolled. Well, like, the I guess we should mention that, um, so we did a little research before we started recording because we were a little bit confused by the ending. Mm-hmm. So at the end, the killers, you know, finally catch the couple and tie them up and, like, stab them. And, uh, and the killers drive off and these two little boys come in and find the couple, like, the living room's all torn up and and they find the couple, like, laying around all bloody and stuff. And then, um, you know, they do a final spook, a final gotcha moment where the girl sits up and screams and then it ends. And so we were a little bit confused by that ending, I think. Like, oh, wait, what? Yeah, it's really sudden. It's like, wait, she survives that. How? Um, but apparently there's a deleted scene where you see what happens where the, um, one of the killers, like, I guess, like, notices that she's alive as they're leaving, and then he just, like, just leaves anyway and lets her live. So, like, Mm -hmm. that to me is really interesting. This idea that, like, yeah, she's only alive just because he didn't care enough to go finish her off. And, yeah, and she escaped, and there's, like, this one really quick shot of the boys looking and seeing her boyfriend, almost fiancé, dead. And you can see the table overturned, and, like, he's out of the chair, and she's escaped. So it's, like, it's interesting how, like, only two seconds told us all of that. So they could have cut the sex scene so that I could see. Oh, yeah, they could have cut that. But that's so sad, and they're like, well, I guess we'll fuck. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, like... (laughs) 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 And then the killers, I guess, weren't into it either. They're like, okay, we stop. They just start banging on the door, and it's like... Stop fucking! (laughs) (laughs) But, like, honestly, you could say that about, like, 95% of horror movies, the sex scene could be cut out. And I will. Yeah, oh, me too. No, I'm with you. Uh, um, poker scene from Friday the 13th is my ultimate <laughs> go-to. She's literally naked, it's raining, and she's like, it's pitch black, and there's a killer. And she's like, I'm gonna go check my window across camp. <laughs> and she just runs out there naked, right? Yes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. god, that's one of my problems, is when people don't act like people, and... Sorry, oh, oh, <laughs> did I ever tell y'all about my theory that everyone in the Friday the 13th movies just wants to get down and fuck so that they can just, like, get Jason to calm down, but he's like, fucking stop it. Naked people are gross. <laughs> um, but then I'm, probably my biggest problem with this movie is the the actor who plays James or oh, Jamie. Yeah. You know? I, he just didn't sell this for me. Like, I, you were talking about how the whole point is, like, he got turned down. Uh, when he asked her to marry him in the parking lot during someone else's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, so yeah. Same. And he's like, why like, did you say no? I'm like, why wouldn't she? Yeah, For exactly. Real. If you proposed to me at, like, my friend's wedding, I'd say no, too, because, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, he's just, like, I have been in situations where, like, my dad has, like, told me, get inside the house, something dangerous is going on. And, like, there's always this tone of, like, I have to focus, I want you to be safe. And you can do that in a horror movie. Like, I I could believe it not being, like, sexism or macho man. Just, like, I, I'm supposed to do this and I'm going to protect you. But it just came across as, like, calm down, babe. Yeah, God, it really did. Why are you did. so upset? It, yeah, it really did. Like, when she first, um, because she's the one who first... Well, exactly. <laughs> it's like, she's the one who first notices, um, you know, like, she sees the guy in the mask who's broken into their house and then he runs off and like 
I think what her her boyfriend was out at the time, right? Yeah, he Buying was getting cigarettes. cigarettes, and then he comes back, and she like runs out to him yelling like, "There's someone here! There's someone trying to break into our house!" And his react, and she's like crying and scared, and his reaction is like, "No, no one is. Calm down." So you're and it's like, yeah, and it's like, okay, why wouldn't like why wouldn't you believe her? Like she's clearly upset. Like she's an adult. Why would she lie about that? And, like she's been established so far to be a pretty much reasonable person. I mean, she turned him down, and I thought that was a pretty reasonable choice. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, very true. Like, but, like, there's no, like, indication that, like, she has any form of mental illness or, like, hallucinations or... or, paranoia or trauma. or anything like that. It's just, she said no to him, and I think he's just mad about it, so he's like, you're just being... And like, and it's like, dude, we were talking about like this vulnerability that is very absent until the last scene. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it was not there. I did not believe he's the other guy, the best friend. Oh (laughs) yeah, we liked him. Yeah, played by Glenn Howerton, aka Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) He's just there for five seconds, literally like two minutes, like. Two minutes, and he gets in, and I loved him mm-hmm. every single second of those two minutes. I don't they know blow if, his head off. I don't know if it was because I know he's in It's Always Sunny, or just that he does have a very interesting face. And the way he looked at the room was very, like, like I could tell this per- He had a whole personality planned out for this character, yeah. and he had a whole, like, rationale for him. And, like, the guy who's just, like, the boyfriend or whatever was just kind of like, oh, I'm the boyfriend. That's yeah. Well, Glenn well, Howerton did go to Juilliard, so they do teach you these things. Well, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> he said, okay, that's a meme in the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fandom. Like, literally, every time they talk about Glenn Howerton, they bring up the fact that he went to Juilliard because he's doing the dumbest shit right now. <laughs> so did Alan Tudyuk. I know. Really? <laughs> yeah, Alan Tudyuk went to Juilliard and wow. he plays a chicken. Aww. <laughs> Um, Honestly, that's the dream, though. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably the highest paid chicken of all time, so you know what? Honestly, yeah. I wish I was a highly paid chicken. Uh, me too. Can be one oh. day. Life Anything goals. we want to be. <laughs> um, uh, that's what I learned from the stranger. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to that scene for a moment, because I remarked on this when we were watching the film. So there's a scene where the best friend shows up, because he's promised to come and pick up um, his friend, because, like... The main guy wants to leave, I guess, because he's mad that he got turned down by his, you know, his girlfriend mm-hmm. in the proposal. So, um, anyway, the best friend shows up and, like, you know, notices stuff is obviously wrong and is, like, wandering through the house. And the the two main characters are, like, huddled together in their closet with the gun because they're being attacked. And so, of course, like, the main guy accidentally shoots his friend because, like, he's expecting it to be the murderers. Mm-hmm. Um... So this scene, like, I feel like just highlights the fact that this main actor is didn't just couldn't really give a solid performance because the way it's edited, like, you don't ever really see his face reacting to the fact that he just shot his best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, they cut to Liv Tyler's face mm-hmm. reacting, and she gives a, a phenomenal reaction. Um, and then they'll have like wide, they'll cut to wide shots of him like kneeling over his friend and like, and you know crying and being frustrated and freaking out Mm -hmm. but like they don't really ever show that many close-ups of his face reacting and i'm like yeah i feel like that was a choice made because his performance just wasn't strong enough yeah Yeah. um and uh, but like Liv tyler just 
you know, helps helps him. Show. Oh yeah, she, she helps it. him through that. So even in the scene where at the end, which I think is the best scene that he is in, I think it is because of her because mm-hmm. she's like they're sitting together and she's like, look at me, look at me. And they're, like, dying together. Stabbed, and yeah. he, like, cries, and she's like, I love you. And he doesn't say shit, because yeah. of course not. Yeah, and she makes him look away, and, like, they still get through that. Mm-hmm. And there's just no payoff for the killers. Like, I don't get, like, I guess that's the whole point, is that there's no reason, like, mm-hmm. you know, saying, like, Ted Bundy did it for, you know, necrophilia. <laughs> and, like, there's, like, even that had a reason, and, like, this just had none. Like, they just killed them. And, mm-hmm. and then they said at the end, like... It'll, It'll be, be easier, easier next time. time. <laughs> Just like, oh, damn it. Yeah. I do wish, um, no, nah, never mind. That's just me projecting something that I would want on this movie that this movie isn't offering and doesn't have to. I, I'd love more contrast between, like, the killers and the people. But I think there was enough. Because, like, yeah. we get to know these people. We get to know why they're doing everything that they do. It's not their fault that they're just milk toast. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, but the killers are established in like such a cool way, especially in that one scene where he does mm-hmm. shoot the best friend. Mm-hmm. Like right before he does, my favorite one of my favorite shots in it is the killer behind him, and he has an axe, and he like pulls up the axe, mm. and like we don't know what's gonna happen, and like he's just, oh, I just love scenes like that. The yeah. the production design and the costuming for this movie were fantastic. Those masks are terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, the Purge masks don't scare me. No. Because no. they're, like, too weird looking. But yeah, these look like masks you could find at a dollar store. And, like... Mm-hmm. And one of them looks like it's made out of underwear. And it's still <laughs> the scariest damn thing I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Fucking creepy. Yeah. Um, also, so, the scene... The, the, the yeah. cheap-ass, like, doll-looking ones, though, are really creepy. Yeah. And it's because they look like those old porcelain dolls. Yeah. And I've always found those creepy. We've had a couple in my my house, and my mom's like, yeah, they were your grandmother's. I was like, well, they're not mine. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one thing that really impressed me about this movie, too, is, like, the way they just let you live in those moments of terror. So, like, my favorite scene is when um, Liv Tyler runs back into the house and she hides in a closet and the uh, the guy killer comes in. Like, she can, she's, you know, looking, it's one of those closets that has, like, the little blinds slotted, thing. yeah, the blinds on it. And so she's, like, looking through into the living room and she sees him come and he just comes and, like, sits in the armchair in the living room and just sits. And, like, you feel her helplessness because she's just in this closet. There's nothing she can do. She knows that eventually he's going to realize she's there. And, like, and the movie just lets you live in that. You know, mm-hmm. there's no there's no silly jump scares where, like, she turns around and someone's in the closet with her. Or, like, you know, like, it just lets you live in that discomfort and that helplessness of being there and, like, being trapped and knowing that this killer's right outside and you can't go anywhere or do anything about it. And he, and the killer's, like, not in any hurry. It's, like, he's got all night, you know? They're in the woods in a remote area and, like... They have all the power. Yeah, in this movie. exactly. Even when she has a knife. Yeah, they could have killed him at the very mm-hmm. beginning. Like uh-huh. it's, they just let her run and like flail around. Yeah, just... they see her in the yard, and it's infuriating. But it's intentionally infuriating. It's infuriating when I watch a horror movie, and like the killers, just don't kill them because of sheer incompetency. They're just like bad at killing, and then and you can tell they want to kill him right now. But this one, it's a choice. It's like, we choose to let you go. And even, like, I I think I mentioned this, when he has the gun, when she has the knife, there is never a moment where I feel like they have any power in this scenario. And that's Mm -hmm. fucking terrifying. 
Yeah, we were talking about the principle of causality today in Ooh. Buddhism class. <laughs> and we just so, you know, everything has a reason. And there's really just like, as long as you're making good actions and like doing the right thing, I mean, you could, there's just no power. You have no control. Only control is like your actions that will have consequences. But like, they just, that sh- this showed it a lot that there is just no control. Mm-hmm. All you can do is try your best. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know if you're going to live or die or anything. Yeah. Honestly. And, like, with another human being, especially one where you don't know their motivations, you never know what you're going to say or do that could save you or kill you. You have no idea what someone else is thinking. Especially someone else who refuses to be seen. Except in the last moment when they all take off their mask. And that was that was what fucking got me. We never get to see their face. Yeah. Because they took off their mask as, like, a final message. Like, we are going to kill you. You are not getting mm-hmm. out of this because we will show you our face. Because we're not afraid of you, like, getting out and telling people or anything. Yeah. Um, or we just don't care. And we, as the audience, never get that satisfaction. We mm-hmm. don't even get to see that they're people. Yeah. Damn. Which is, a, yeah, which is important. Because um, we had a, I had a discussion with one of my professors today, actually, about, like, the controversy. And we were talking about this a little bit, too, before we watched the movie, about the controversy about, you know, the new Ted Bundy movie coming out and, like, how... Some people feels like it glorifies killers and stuff like that. So that's something I really appreciated about this movie is, like, no, like, the killers are treated as, like, inhuman. Like, I mean, you know they're still humans, and, like, that's what's scary about it, is that, like, humans are capable of this evil. But, like, you know, you're not Supposed really... To yeah, they're not given character traits that you can sympathize with them. And, like, the main characters, as sometimes bland as they may be, you still have those moments of sympathy. Like, especially the death scene, mm-hmm. which is just a heartbreaking, you know, where this woman watches her boyfriend be stabbed and, like, can do nothing about it and just, you know, tries to comfort him in their last moments together. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. to me, that was just such an emotional and well-acted scene. Yeah. yeah, it's a very human moment. So I like that they give, you know, these moments of sympathy for the victims... Um, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And the moment that was just, I loved when, right before she dies or they get stabbed, she's just like, don't do this, you don't have to do this. But it was so real. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no power, but it was like, that's the last thing you can try. Yeah. And it just seems so, I don't know, the way with Tyler, she's wonderful. But like, mm-hmm. she just made it real, but helpless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the yeah. editing on that was phenomenal. Because, I mean, they, they do show you these characters getting stabbed, which I feel like is important because, like, you know, this is the culmination of all the tension that's been built up throughout the film, so I think, like, that's important to show them. But, like, they know when to cut away as well. Mm-hmm. Like, when when uh, the woman's being stabbed and she's just screaming and, like, they... And it cuts to exterior shots of the house. And, like, at this point, it's broad daylight. And, like, it's just these exterior shots of, like, sun coming up and trees and, like... Little Mormon boys know. on their bikes. Yeah, uh, the, the contrast was really nice, but it, like, also really helps hammer home this horrible thing that's happening. Yeah. That whole thing can happen, and then the world just keeps going on like it didn't. Yeah. And, like, that's probably the scariest part of it, is that, you know, stuff like that can happen, and, like, people won't know about it mm-hmm. until, mm-hmm. like, someone just stumbles upon it, like those two little Mormon boys did. And no matter what will happen in the future there really is no justice for something like this like you can't take Mm -hmm. away what was done to these people and what they've lost and like that's very true to life too because i i I kind of like that that feels real about it it's like this moment there is no satisfaction 
there is no revenge. There is no great narrative in which these people overcome something. Sometimes you just suffer and you just lose. And that's the most... And you have to live with that afterwards. Mm-hmm. God. That's the most human thing. Like, suffering Suffering is inevitable. Like, mm-hmm. people don't want to suffer, but it's gonna happen. Yeah. There's... We're gonna die in the end. <laughs> like, that's dark, but it's... Yeah. yeah, they they played it through like it was a hopeless movie with a lot of like reason behind it. Like I wasn't just sitting there like, well, they're all going to die. But it was like, oh, they're going to die, but it's going to be a story. It didn't yeah. feel pessimistic either. It wasn't, well, I mean, it was pessimistic, but not in the way where it felt like the midnight meat train yeah. where it was just like so Everything up its own sucks. ass with its pessimism. I've- this one just felt like. Yes. Is what it is, baby. Yeah. Except without the baby part. <laughs> it, it it definitely, yeah, I agree. It it felt like, you know, sometimes all you can do is your best. And mm-hmm. sometimes that isn't even enough. And that's just a part of life. Sometimes. And, like, mm-hmm. and, and like that's, like, the, the most gruesome and most, like, terrible way to depict that. But, like, it's still a moral that, like, comes through in, in the film. Yeah. And I, I kind of appreciate it. As, she did her best. Yeah. Like they, yeah. they won. I felt like they did yeah. win in the end. Oh, yeah. for They sure. tried everything. And I do love that in their final moments, even though they lost, they retained their humanity and they still mm-hmm. clearly loved each other. And in the end, I, mm-hmm. I think you're right, McKenna. I think that's the best you can hope for in these hopeless situations is you can just turn to someone and say, I love you. Even if all this crazy crap is happening around us, I will love you and that won't change. And that's just... I, I, I do think that's that's what kind of keeps me going sometimes. I'm like, even when all the shit hits the fan, there are still things that I care about and things I love. Yeah, and like, yeah. Even, yeah, they don't, the movie doesn't forget that. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, sometimes, you know, after you get shot in the face, you might get a great opportunity on a comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> I think, that's true. I think your next came out after It's Always Sunny started. Because Always Sunny started in two strangers? What did I say? You're next. next. Oh, <laughs> well, which is sorry. Another, which is another great I'm, horror movie. I'm Home Invasion with masks. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. One's the furry one. I'm, this is the, yeah. This is the, the one with the one. underpants. <laughs> um, yeah, The Strangers came out in like 2007 ish, and 2008. 2008. Mm-hmm. And then It's Always Sunny actually started in 2005. Oh, wow. So oh. that was the year these murders happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. It's like I'll come out and just do this two minute, two <laughs> minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do yeah. it. Put my all in. Paycheck. It. Paycheck. That's where to go. Cha-ching. And it's I don't I kind of want to go back and just like look at the history of every horror film, but mm. I feel like this one came at a time where like stuff like this wasn't you know we have such good horror films now with like Mandy and yeah you know, and, like God, yes. a Quiet Place which was good, but like think it's horror starting to get more of like popular mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. love I guess, but this movie definitely was like. This I, it started that like it was one of the good yeah. ones. Yeah, we wouldn't yeah, have movies we, like Hush we, without something like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Um, well, it's funny because we mentioned this in our Midnight Meat Train episode actually, because that movie also came out in two thousand eight, and so we went back and like looked at all the horror movies that came out in two thousand eight, and it was like m- mostly terrible stuff. Um, and so yeah, like The Strangers is like <laughs> one of the good ones, and then the other one that stood out to me that I really like is Cloverfield. The first yeah, one. I, mean, um, I still haven't seen that one. That's I like weird. it. I think 10 Cloverfield Lane is better. I like this is the second time I'm going to have to fucking Google horror movies that came out oh, in 2000. Yeah, <laughs> just because the list of names is so funny. And it's like a lot of stuff is very forgettable during that time. Like, yeah. But 
there's like the oh my god let the right one in though let oh yeah let the right one in is the, great the late 2000s yeah that's but 2008 it oh guys yeah. i was wrong this was a great year for horror saw five oh <laughs> clearly the best saw movie oh, dance of the dead you know Ooh, oh my gosh. poo <laughs> haunted oh, nice. poo no ponty poo ponty poo oh. no, they made said... a movie about haunted poo and it's called Dreamcatcher. <laughs> Is that an actual That's thing? not haunted Stephen poo, King. that's alien oh. poo. <laughs> My King. bad. Oh, Repo came out in the 2000s. Oh, oh, bless. I do I like love Repo. Repo that was the year of prom night. Oh my goodness. That was like right when I first started watching all of the horror films is 2008. Oh, yeah. oh, oh wait, go go back up. Sorry. This is a, um... Tokyo Gore Police. Oh, excellent. <laughs> the, um, the, uh... Classic. <laughs> The poster for One Missed Call disturbed me so much as a child. <laughs> mm-hmm. That apparently came out in the 2000s. I used to sneak into the horror movie section at the video rental store and try to sneak oh. horror movies into my mom's, like, basket of movie rentals. Oh, yeah. See, I, I, was like, I was, like, <laughs> terrified of, like, the posters Same. for horror movies. Like, if I saw the poster, I would, like, just be scared for days. I don't know. I don't know what changed, but like, a, it was like just a light switch flipped when I got older, and like I yeah. felt th- I feel the same way because like I didn't start getting into horror movies and stuff until about when I was fifteen, because like I watched Ghostbusters and I was like, oh, this has ghosts in it. What else has ghosts in it? And then I was like, all right, I'm into horror movies now. <laughs> and then it was just a slippery slope all the way down into Leatherface's arms. Oh, <laughs> that's a good place to wind up. Yeah, that was Evil Dead for me. It was like, oh, it was like, it was like fifth grade or something like that. And we all went up to this cabin in the woods and my dad was, it was a bunch of my friends and my dad. And he was like, don't tell your mom. Like, I'm going to show you this movie. And he showed it to all of us and we were so scared, but so like amused. And then after that, I went, like, behind my parents' back and watched every horror movie there was. Yes. Oh. Mine was, like, again, horror comedy. I think that's a good, like, transitional mm-hmm. point. Like, Beetlejuice and Shaun of the Dead and Evil Dead yeah. 2. My brother made me watch it because, like, I heard, I'm like, doesn't a tree assault a lady? He's like, no, 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 that's the other one. This is a good one. <laughs> the and, end. Oh, the end. Okay, so I have a story about Beetlejuice now that you <laughs> mention it. Um, When I was, like, five to seven years old we went on a trip to california and we went to universal studios and you know how they have the actors that dress up and blah 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 they still have them no beetlejuice is gone well i mean oh but you mean in general yeah yeah but like but beetlejuice was there (laughs) and my mom absolutely loves beetlejuice like it's one of our favorite movies and now it's one of my favorite movies too but like when i was little i fucking hated Beetlejuice so much because my mom went up to give him a hug and he was like doing all these weird things like to pretend he was groping her and like she was like she was like laughing because it's like oh Beetlejuice and I was like get your fucking hands off my mom my my dad had to pull me away from the scene because I was crying because Beetlejuice was touching my mother (laughs) it's really kind of cute Keep your fucking hands off my mom! See, if this movie just had a kid, it just would have been like, <laughs> <laughs> Little Marty. Yeah. Like, Get your hands off Liv Tyler! 
Yo, I don't even want you to be their kid. I just want you to show up. <laughs> it's like, you know how there's no rhyme or reason for why the strangers come in? There's no rhyme or reason why Marty Gibson yeah. says the day. They don't You're need the deuce ex machina. Okay, but like, what if every single horror movie had a deus ex machina that was just a little kid who's fucking scared to death and they're like, no! no! And then they just start attacking people. I mean, I Can you imagine that. the Saw movies where they just go up to Jigsaw, stop it! Yeah. No! Technically, no. we didn't see what happened, so it could have been more. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what the Mormon kids did. I just wish that they had been a little more vulnerable, kind of like Liv Tyler and Nicolas Cage, where they just, like, wear their emotions on their sleeve, yeah. and they're just like, oh, there's a lady! We yeah. have to save the yeah, lady! Yeah, those kids were, like, oddly calm about yeah. the whole thing. I thought Sometimes they were, like, mini characters aren't very well, great, but that's okay. And they also have to, like, hide them from things, like, because they do get traumatized yeah. easily, mm-hmm. so they're, like, they probably were, like, we're not going to show you anything, but just walk here now. <laughs> My favorite is the one kid who just looks, like, slightly confused, like his friend just, like, said something weird, like, hey, I like to sniff oranges. <laughs> and the kid, yeah, yeah, that's the face you just made when I said that. That's the face he made, and the face you probably made when you listened to me say that. That's the face that kid made. <laughs> um, God. Sorry, I'm still thinking about this. Going back to the Saw movies, I've never seen the Saw movies, but I kind of know that Jigsaw gets cancer. I don't know if that's like true or not. Yeah, I think yeah, it no, is. true. He has that's okay. why he's so mad okay, at like, cancer and the unfairness of capitalism okay. that he takes it out of these random fuckers. But yeah. They, they actually, the people have done horrible things. Okay, a lot of them have. They sold him a bike with faulty brakes. <laughs> no, they sold his nephew okay. a bike with faulty brakes. <laughs> okay, okay, but what if what if, it, what if the tax what if Jigsaw's cancer was just me just giving just him you? an aneurysm at all times? <laughs> I mean, what about the time when his cancer goes away? Did you just give him a break? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm tired of this. Oh. I don't think it. Wait, does it though? At some point, I think it goes into remission or something. something. I thought when he dies, and yeah, someone else dies. takes it up. I know. Yeah. I know. The next Jigsaw is like Amanda Young, and she's got a pig skin she's face. Great. Well. Yeah. I like her design a lot. Well, like well her the way things sort of end with it, there's several Jigsaw successors, and then the newest one tried to, like, change the timeline. What? Well, was really Is confusing. there, like, a Back to the Future thing? No, not like that. Movie? You want to play a little game? <laughs> no, Travel back in time like... and save your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kiss her, Miss. Only oh, yeah. back in time and... <laughs> Only then will you appreciate the value of life. <laughs> oh, and also cut your fucking arm off. I don't know. <laughs> I would so watch Why that crossover. Why is she Jigsaw? <laughs> That's heavy. Wow, it's just dark. Maybe Jigsaw just needed to learn the power of rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jigsaw, you know that good sound you were looking for? Well, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that probably, like, made me Oh, it's things. fine. <laughs> We this relates to the strangers because <laughs> it came out the same year as Saw Five. Yes, it did. Yes, so it's it valid. Crossover. Um, no, I will like never turn down an opportunity to talk about Saw. Those movies are my guilty pleasure. <laughs> they're so they're, they're so, so stupid, fun. but I, I just love them. I still have never watched a Saw movie. Oh, the we're gonna things, watch all of them. The only things I know about it are the Pig Lady because of the Dead by Daylight games. 
Jigsaw, because, of course, and then the video of the guy who's dressed up as Jigsaw, and he's, he's riding the tricycle. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. That is not Jigsaw. It's Billy the Puppet, I know. <laughs> but I don't want you getting your wires crossed. But, like, whatever. <laughs> play a little game. But, like, he's riding on a tricycle, and then the tricycle breaks with him on it, and then you just hear everyone just maniacally laughing, and then you hear someone go, Jigsaw's videos on the internet. <laughs> well, actually, those, the parts, bringing it back to the strangers, the part where you just randomly get, like, attacked is the part that's yeah. scariest for me, because, oh, like, yeah. that can happen, kind of like mm. the strangers can happen. What's this? I brought it back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did it, Hannah. All right. Yes. Wait. What if Jigsaw yeah, just wait. showed up behind him and he's like, this is because you will pick me proposed in the parking lot. <laughs> 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 you rude, unromantic <laughs> fuck. You yeah. have to obey society laws. <laughs> Appreciate life. Appreciate your girlfriend. You she deserves have better. Waited two days. <laughs> Spoiler alert: This is Sawfly. <laughs> <laughs> now that we have tied you up, no the one... key is inside of you, and we're gonna have these people stab you together. <laughs> no wonder Liz Tyler's performance was so convincing. She must realize her career was dying as soon as she heard she was in Saw. <laughs> Tyler. But she wasn't. I love you, Liv Tyler. I also love Liv She Tyler did amazing. <laughs> I love in the middle of the movie, Hannah just goes, if you want him, then you can come take him. <laughs> oh yeah, when like, she's like, Jamie! Or she's like, my husband's gonna get you. It's like, if you want him, come and claim him. Come and claim him. That's oh, fantasy times. <laughs> so oh, She's so good at the movie. Oh. She's an ethereal. She has this very ethereal, but like, relatable look about her you know she where like does. i can believe she's a person who exists in this world and has real feelings but also i just like i'm very captivated by her her look, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i think that's pretty much all we have to say i mean we have a lot of things to say but i guess that's like all we have to say about the strangers mm-hmm. well but- i i kind of wanted to bring it back to the um the sound editing of that oh one. yeah because yeah. like i i just keep thinking of like the times where, like, it would be, like, background noises would suddenly just show up, like, in your ears. And, mm-hmm. like, just... In the shed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like... Or, like, when, like, someone was behind her or, like, in the frame and she didn't know it, there would, like, just be, like, this deafening silence that also, like, was very loud. And I I don't know how they did that, but it was great. Yeah. And I, I just... I absolutely loved the sound editing in it. And I... I oh, wow, <laughs> they did yeah, a great playing. job. Oh my god, Ooh, yeah. yes! And they set that up so well because mm-hmm. he hears her play it when she's alone in the house, and then he plays it when she's alone in the house again. But yeah. she knows there are killers yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Well, and the one guy's behind her, and then oh. she's there, and then the other person's playing piano. So it's just like, oh, so good. Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. What if she played like chopsticks? Would that still have the same effect? <laughs> you know, I maybe. Mean, yeah, I think yeah. It would. I mean, I think it would be creepy. Uh, what if she played country. Smash Mouth? What if that was like the song that they played on the record player was Oh my god, that country awesome. music song was yeah. fantastic. No, I don't remember funny. I don't remember who who sang it. I but wanna I was say like, it was Willie Nelson. It's darkly like funny. Nelson. Well and yeah. here's the thing, like even the music that played during normally they just play music to play music in a movie, like, oh this is a mm-hmm. transition, so we'll just put music because nothing else. The music here fit so yeah. well and like was part of the sound oh, design because it, it was, was a record so okay. they wanted mm-hmm. to make sure it felt like 
you felt the record scratching, you felt the record repeating, you felt her breathing in the same space with the record. Mm-hmm. Okay, really so cool. it it wasn't Willie Nelson. It was Merle Haggard. And the uh, song is called Mama Tried. Uh, she did. She yeah, did. she did. Man. Mama Tried, Mama... I guess she didn't die. She didn't die. She didn't fail. She did her best. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean... Sometimes that's all you can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What more okay. you know? Well, the three of you just turned and looked at me, and I got, <laughs> I got like, flashbacks to the movie for a second. Because um, that was kind Why of Why are you creepy. in here recording a podcast? Well, because you're here. <laughs> <laughs> what if, like, they just, like, the three killers just walked in? It's like, would you like to join? Like, guys. What's up? Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So I think, I think that wraps things up, unless you guys have anything else to add. Um, I'm assuming we all give this a recommendation, yes? Yeah. I think it's really good, although if you you have certain experiences or trauma with home invasion or a very great fear of home mm-hmm. invasion and just, again, a fear of strangers and, and things like that, I would definitely consider that if, unless, like, I wouldn't watch this if you have a fear of that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And if you don't, make sure to watch it with all of the lights out, off, and all of the windows open and alone. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like that would make yeah. it super Just fun. leave the Maximum door terror open. experience. Yeah. It's either or. Don't watch it or go full out. You know? or, or you can just watch it with a couple of friends and uh, feel a lot better about the fact that you are not alone in your house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's in true. In a college dorm. Yeah, in a college dorm. Area with a mm-hmm. music student in the background swearing about their piano exam. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll just be like, Liv Tyler, why are you doing this? And the piano student, I don't know, this sucks. yeah that was funny Mm -hmm. um yeah this podcast episode is dedicated to to him jack yeah i I don't remember his name yeah this guy who lives in my dorm and was studying very late for a piano exam Mm -hmm. his horror rival that of the film yeah (laughs) piano piano two (laughs) yes so um where on the internet can y'all be found um, I can fa- be found on Twitter at Hannah V. Boyens, and I don't have another platform, but maybe someday I will. Check yeah. out Lunar Light Studios. Well, yeah, your tweets are freaking bomb, Talk so, watch. yeah. I can be found at uh, McKennaRose.com. I have videos and blogs that will be up there soon. Oh, yeah. oh cool. Yeah. I didn't realize you had your own, uh, like... Yeah. Website. When my mom is like part website designer, so when I was born, she like instead of making a college fund for me, she bought my domain. Oh, <laughs> so wow! She's like, oh, nice. plans. That's she awesome. Does. That's no, cool. Very cool. Okay. So like, if your if your mom's like part uh, web designer, um, does that make you like a quarter web designer? <laughs> <laughs> quarter or, like, web a designer. Sixteen. <laughs> I think I got most of the artist part of it, but no, sadly, yeah. I don't know code as well as she does. Uh, but yet. That makes sense. Yet. Yet. Ooh, yet. Yeah. You can sense. always learn. There's always something you can learn. <laughs> yep. The more you know. <laughs> you can find this podcast on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. Thank you for joining that. us, McKenna. Yeah, Thanks thank you. Thanks for having me. This is We hope an to honor. have you back in the future. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I've been a fan of the podcast, so oh. I know. <laughs> we should do the Saw movies. Like, that was we a great should. tangent. No, that... Yeah. I... I'm dying to talk about those, and I know like they were all on Netflix for a while, and they're not anymore. But I don't even care. Like I still want to talk about them because it's like you know what? If they were on Netflix at any point, it counts. They were. So yeah. So yes. Uh, whenever I save up money and buy a box set of those, 
we will talk about all the Saw movies because mm-hmm. that'll be great. But yeah, that wraps things up. Stay yeah. safe out there, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't answer your door when people knock on it at 4 a.m. Remember what your mama said. Don't talk to strangers. And may your nightmares be plentiful.